Welcome to the teaching ministry of Bill Anzavino, pastor of Christian Assembly Family Church in Ohioville, Pennsylvania. We pray you are challenged in your walk with the Lord through the following teaching. For more information about Christian Assembly Family Church or to subscribe to our free podcasts, please visit us on the web at cafamily.net. Amen. Praise God. Anybody remember uh, the life of David Livingston, the missionary to Africa? And how he went there and kind of pioneered a, a move and, uh, of God and a work for God there in Africa? Well, here's a quote from him. It says, although I see few results, few missionaries will see, uh, future missionaries will see conversions following every sermon. May they not forget the pioneers who worked in the thick gloom with few rays to cheer, except such as flow from faith in the precious promises of God's word. And though maybe he and early missionaries didn't see a massive amount of results as they ministered there, God sent other laborers there after them. And as a result, recent polls reveal to us that Africa right now has more Christians than any other continent on the planet. Imagine that. Now with that in mind, look at John's Gospel chapter 4, something that Jesus said, which will inspire us tonight. We're going to pray, but we're going to be inspired to do so with good reason. In John's Gospel chapter 4, verse 38. That's kind of small print. I don't know if I can... Uh, There we go. Praise God. <laughs> I sent you to a harvest where you didn't plant. Others have already done the work. And now you will get to gather the harvest. Do you notice that? Sometimes we think that, you know, maybe we preach a message and someone comes to Christ or whatever. And we get excited because we led them to the Lord. But it's important for us to recognize and realize the fact that it's not just what we did. Matter of fact, look at 1 Corinthians chapter 3. This is beginning at verse 4 from the New Living Translation of the Bible. Jesus made this very clear. And Paul reiterates it. And I'm sure that Jesus is the one who taught Paul the gospel. When one of you says, I'm a follower of Paul, and another says, I follow Apollos, aren't you acting just like people of the world? After all, who is Apollos? Who is Paul? We are only God's servants through whom you believed the good news. Each of us did the work the Lord gave us. I planted the seed in your hearts and Apollos watered it. But it was God who made it grow. It's not important who does the planting or who does the watering. What's important is that God makes the seed grow. The one who plants and the one who waters work together with the same purpose. And both will be rewarded for their own hard work. For we are both God's workers and you are God's field. You are God's building. There was an individual who preached a, a wonderful message. And as a result, some people came to the altar and they got saved. And of course, he was delighting in that as anyone would. But then after the service was over, um, an elderly lady came up to him and said, Do you remember uh, so-and-so, this young boy that came up there and gave his heart to Jesus tonight? And he said, oh, absolutely I do. It was wonderful. She said to him, I'm his grandmother, and I've been praying and thanking God every night since he was born for his salvation. And finally, it's come to fruition. 
Well, then he realized he may have preached the message. He did his part. But that grandmother was doing her part every day of that child's life by thanking the father for her grandson's salvation. And that should teach us that we don't stop our efforts in praying for people to come to Christ. And as she did, she said she thanked the Lord every night for his salvation. Praise God. It's important that we all recognize the fact that wherever we go, wherever we're led, as we minister the gospel to somebody, someone probably has been praying for that person to come to Christ, and God sent us as a laborer to share the good news with that person. I had this happen on different occasions. In one situation where I walked into a room, which I don't normally do, but walked into a hospital room. It actually, it was in, a, in an institution. And I first walked by, and then I walked back. And as I walked back into the room, the fellow just stood there looking at me and said, I know you're going to come back. I said, well, how did you know I was going to come back? He said, because uh, on the inside of me, I just knew. And I just walked on back and led him to, to Jesus. Another situation, this person that we prayed for, we asked God to send laborers across the path of that person's life. And family members came back the following week and said, we don't know what happened here, but here's the situation. Last week, we prayed for laborers to cross this person's path. This person came off the street, went right into the room, his hospital room, and began sharing with him Jesus and left, and that person got saved. It's important that we recognize that we have authority in the earth, and as ambassadors for Christ, we can ask the Lord to send laborers to cross people's paths to bring them to himself and get them saved. I remember my situation personally when I had cried out to God saying, I want to be saved. And I didn't know how to get saved, even though I was in church for 24 years, didn't know how to get saved, but I wanted to get saved. And the Lord sent a couple of individuals that I grew up and uh, went to high school with. I was working in a plant. This one girl came up to me and she said, you know, to go to heaven, you must be born again. I thought she was crazy. I'm asking God to show me how to get to heaven. He's telling me by sending me someone to come to my my, into my life and tell me how to get there. And I tell her she's crazy. How can you go back into your mother and be born again? I said, that's crazy. You're, you're, what are you? Well, then another one was saying, aren't you glad God's patient with us? Another one came across my path, the same thing. I was working another plant, and this was a fellow. And he came up to me, and he just said, you've got to be born again. Go read your Bible. And I read my Bible and found out he was right. I've got to be born again. So it took individuals. One sowed the seed. One watered the seed. But praise God, ultimately, we get the end results that we come to Christ. And I thank God that I did. How many of you heard of Albert Schweitzer? And is the hospital that he established there in Africa? Listen to his quote. He was a philosopher, theologian, physician, as well as a musician and missionary to Africa. I look back upon my youth and realize how so many people gave me help, understanding courage, and they knew it. They, and they never knew it. They entered into my life and became powers within me. See, we're not lone rangers. We don't stand alone. There were people that influenced him in the direction that he went to, whether it be in church or at school and with teachers and that sort of thing. People really planning certain things in our hearts and lives that sometimes we're unaware of, but we got it either from parents or grandparents. I remember also, um, this comes to my mind, when I was really young, I might have been nine years old, 10 years old, something like that. And every Sunday, you know how Italians are. You go to grandma's house and for spaghetti and meatballs. And we did it every Sunday. It'd be on my dad's side. And I would go there. We'd be playing out in the porch. And sometimes Uncle, Tul my, I mean, my great-grandfather, Tulio Malamazuro. He's a time, just in case you didn't know. <laughs> Tulio Malamazuro 
he'd be there once in a while. He, he lived in Pennsylvania up here, I think Duquesne area. And every once in a while, he would come and visit over there on the east side of Youngstown. And he was just a short guy. <laughs> just to let you know. And he'd walk over and put his hand on my shoulder. I didn't know his religious background. I was too young. I just was in, involved in just playing and all that. He put his hand on my shoulder and said, you Billy Sunday. You Billy Sunday. Well, it was always Sunday when we went there. We had, you know, go to church. We'd go over there after Sunday and eat spaghetti and all that. And I, I thought, broken English, he's speaking. You Billy, and it's Sunday. I, I didn't know who Billy Sunday was. A tremendous evangelist. I didn't know that. But he would be laying in his hands on me. Every time he would see me, and he would call me Billy Sunday. Now, little do we know that we recognize the fact that sometimes people behind the scenes are praying for us. I come to find out that he was born again, and he knew the Lord, and he was laying his hands on me, calling me Billy Sunday, just like this evangelist that was really well known and powerfully used by God. But uh, that's just a part of it. So just like whether it's Schweitzer or anybody else, people invest in our lives. And I do believe that God enables us to have connections with other people, you know, divine appointments with people that invest in our lives and, and share things with us or implant things, impart things to us. Well, that's why we're praying tonight. And before we do that, I just listed here some prayers that I, I found in the epistles that the apostle Paul prayed, because do you realize what this person did, what Paul did the way God used him? We still use his prayers to invoke the power and presence of God in the people's lives. And what we're doing here as we pray, when we do this once a month, we do it all the time. I do it every day. God is moving as we make a highway for him to move and impact people's lives in powerful and positive ways. And look at some of these things that Paul prayed. Sometimes I think we get maybe set in our own ways. We pray certain ways. But Paul prayed specifically. For example, he's praying for this church, this church over here at Colossae. And there was a lot going on in that church. But look at what he's praying for this church. In Colossians chapter 1, he prays for godly living. Let's read the verses, verses 9 and 10. For this cause we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Why? That you may walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. He is praying for the people to get a revelation an understanding of God's will for their lives and a revelation of the knowledge of God and what he expects of them so that they would walk worthy. And what that really means is that they would live their lives in such a way that they would truly show that they understand the sacrifice that was made for their salvation. Jesus paid a price for them to be saved. And he wanted them to have that revelation that they would live a life that would reflect that they really understand the price that was paid for their redemption. And it's sad to say, but in our generation right now, this culture that we live in right now, people want to say, yes, I'm a believer, but they don't want to live like being a believer. And you know what? It's up to us to pray that God would open up their eyes to give them spiritual insight, wisdom, and understanding of the will of God for their lives so that they would live a life that would reflect that they understand the sacrifice that was made for them to be a Christian. So can we do that right now?
Can we pray that? Oh, Father, we thank you so much this evening as we gather together before your throne. For people here locally in the body of believers, but globally as well in the church, that the eyes of our understanding would be enlightened, that people would have a revelation of the sacrifice that Jesus made and the price that he paid for their redemption, our redemption for all of us. That this would move us to a place, drive us to our knees, to surrender our hearts and will to you. That we could live a life that reflects, that we understand, and we truly know the sacrifice he made for us. Oh, Father, may each and every one of us understand our need to live a godly lifestyle before you, empowered by your spirit, enabled through your word as we have this revelation. So let's thank him together for this. Thank you, Father. It could be your son, your daughter. It could be a family member, a spouse. Just ask him, open up their eyes, Father. We pray on this on their behalf to help them see and understand and know your will and walk in the light of it. Walk worthy of you, we pray. Father, hallelujah for each and every one of these. We thank you. Praise God. Now notice number two, for success in ministry. Paul prayed for success in ministry, not just for himself, but also for others that were involved in active ministry. But here in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 19, look at how he's asked for prayer. This is from the New Living Translation, and pray for me too. Ask God to give me the right words so I can boldly explain God's mysterious plan that the good news is for Jews and Gentiles alike. You know, when you pray for someone who's in ministry, whether it's your pastor, whether it's the teachers of our church, whether it's those that you support out there in the, you know, in the uh, church today, notice what he says here. Give them the right words. Father, anoint those lips of clay to proclaim penetrating words of the gospel that will touch the hearts and the minds of the people that they minister to. And we can also pray, open up their understanding, open up their hearts, prepare them to receive the message, the life-changing message of the gospel. Now, this is Paul praying for himself and for others that were out there in ministry. So let's do that. Father, we join ourselves together tonight, and we thank you for those that you've called into ministry. And we know we're all called to ministry, but in particular for the fivefold ministry, we lift up these, the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the pastor, and teacher. We lift them up before you, Father, and thank you for putting utterance in their hearts and lives and mouths, that they would speak accurately and bo proclaim boldly the true message of the gospel in a dynamic and powerful way, penetrating the very hearts of the people that they minister to, that they would receive the truth of your word, dear Father God, that would absolutely transform their lives. Because we know, Father, that you want transformed lives. Surround these labors of love, dear Father, with your presence, your power, your peace, the promise of your protection, 
And we just believe, dear Father God, with them for productive, fruitful ministry as they proclaim the truth of your word with power and demonstration. Let's thank the Lord for all those that are involved and engaged in, in ministering the word of God constantly to those areas where they've been called. Thank you, Father. Oh, how we thank you for these. Hallelujah. To have this utterance. To have words that are set ablaze and on fire penetrating words that will speak to the hearts and lives of people that would bring conviction dear father into their lives to bring them to your saving grace oh father we believe together tonight right here in this place for young people to hear the truth and their hearts be open to it that they dear father God would grow in you and learn to know you better and should there be any among us young people that don't know Jesus praise God we thank you for bringing them to your saving grace how we thank you for anointing the lips of our teachers to proclaim truth with power and demonstration as they, their Father, speak on your behalf and proclaim Jesus to the ones they minister to. Oh, we just believe, dear Father God, praise God together for people to come into the family. Number three, and this is so important. Here, he's praying for supernatural strength. You know, the church is a supernatural church. You take the element of the supernatural out of it and all you have is religion, dead religion. But look at the book of Ephesians here, chapter 3 from the New Living Translation of the Bible. Paul, once again, I pray. Notice these are all Paul's prayers. This is what he's praying for. Why not participate and join together with him in praying? I pray that from this, his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. You notice he's not just playing, praying for revival here. Notice what he's praying for. That you'd be strengthened with might by his spirit in your inner man. Why? That's how he's able to do exceeding abundantly of all that we ask or think according to the power that's at work within us. You know, we've been really emphasizing this lately. We've been emphasizing the fact that Jesus' finished work on Calvary is just that, finished. And we're not trying to get something that we already have. We already have in him everything that we need. It's already there. Every grace in Christ Jesus is already in us. We're complete in him. We're told in Colossians chapter 2 verse 10. We're complete in him. We come to fullness in him. But what we need is to get it from the inside to the outside. Activate it. Praise God. We already have on the inside of us everything that pertains to life and godliness. We've got the strength of God. So, Lord, open up our eyes. Let's pray. Enable us, dear Father God, to see this wonderful redemption that we have in Jesus. And not us only, but globally, throughout the body of Christ, that we would have the revelation of the strength of God that's within us. That we, by faith, would learn to activate the power that you have placed within us as we filled, got filled with the Holy Ghost and dunamis miracle-working power. Oh, Father, give us a deeper revelation of the fact that this is a reality 
Every born-again, spirit-filled believer has within the strength that you infuse, enabling us to do all things through Christ, who is our strength. And so, Father, we thank you for this revelation. We thank you for this understanding. And we pray it not just for ourselves in this assembly of believers, but for the entirety of the body of Christ globally. As Paul the Apostle prayed for the church at Ephesus, even so we pray for the other local churches in our tri-state area. We lift them up before you. And we thank you, dear Father God, for your people that are washed in the blood of the Lamb would have a revelation of this wonderful power that is on the inside of each and every one of us. Let's thank him together for this impartation of power that we already have and for the revelation of how we can activate it in all of our lives. Thank you, Father. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Glory to God for strengthening us all with might by your spirit in the inner man. Glory be to God how we thank you for this revelation and this reality that we have. And we join together, dear Father, with others believing for this power to be activated in such a way that you're able to do for all of us exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the measure of this power that we activate within our lives. Praise God. And you know what? We can pray that for our loved ones as well. Pray that their eyes would be open to see that revelation. Number four, for increased knowledge. I'm not going to go through all these. I'm going to mention them, but number one, increased knowledge. Look at Ephesians chapter one. Paul is praying. He could say, I'm praying that send revival to that church. Do this for those people. Pray for their healing. Pray for their deliverance, etc. But look at what he's praying for. I cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Glory to God. This revelation of the knowledge of him. Oh, there's nothing more important than knowing him personally and knowing him intimately. Jesus said in John 17, this is life eternal, that they might know thee, the only true God in Jesus Christ whom thou hast sent. Oh, Father, give us a revelation of who you are. Hallelujah. Open up our eyes and open up the eyes of others that we can truly see that you are the God of all creation. You say, but doesn't everybody know that? Absolutely not. We're living in a culture right now that denies the existence of God. Many don't want to hear about the existence of God. They want to hear about the Big Bang Theory and all these other theories that people have that are out there. You know what we need is a revelation of who He is. People having an understanding of who He is. We need to have a better understanding of who we serve and who He is and His power and His greatness and His wisdom and understanding. Praise God. How are we going to get it? Pray that for yourself. Oh, Father, open up the eyes of my understanding. Open up the eyes of my understanding. Give me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you. That the eyes of my understanding would be enlightened and I would know certain things. Let's, write, let's list them right here. First of all, of the Lord, which we just read. Number, letter B, of his will. That's in Colossians. We won't look at it, but it's there. An increased knowledge of his love. And oh... My goodness, you, you, you don't even want to talk about it, but you realize how many young people have taken their lives because they have no revelation of the Father's love for them. And they actually think that God's loving them is based on life experiences and circumstances. 
And if circumstances and experiences aren't going right, then they feel like as though that they're not loved and God doesn't care about them. What a revelation is needed is this, that we understand that God's love for us is not revealed in life circumstances or experiences. God's love for us and for all humanity is revealed in the sacrifice of Jesus upon Calvary. And on that cross, he poured himself out to death. It doesn't matter what we're going through on any day. It does not change the love that was displayed on Calvary's cross. For greater love is no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. And, and that's exactly what he did. And we need to point people in that direction to let them know, look, the cross doesn't expose only your sin and shows, you know, the price that's paid for sin. But the cross also reveals your value and your worth. It demonstrates and shows us exactly how much he loves us and cares about us and how valuable your life really is. So let's pray. Oh, Father, hallelujah. May people within our assembly believers, may people within the churches around us and even globally, may young people everywhere have a revelation of your great love and increase in the knowledge of your love that's based not on external circumstances, but it's based on the cross upon which Jesus died and sacrificed his life. That eyes would be open to clearly see, understand, and know that your great love, dear Father God, was displayed as you poured yourself out unto death for each and every individual who ever lived, who will ever live on this planet. Oh, Father, open up the eyes of the people, all of us, to see more clearly this revelation of your great love, and then of the hope of his calling. What a calling we have. We have a blessed hope that takes us beyond this realm and ushers us into eternity. A hope of being glorified someday. A hope of receiving a glorified body. A hope of meeting our loved ones in the sky. You know what? There's no time to get down and out if we have that kind of revelation. My eyes being open, your eyes being open to praise God. One day the graves are going to open. The dead in Christ are going to rise. Our loved ones are going to meet us in the sky. Having this hope, we purify ourselves even as he is pure. It's the blessed hope. And the scripture's right there. You can look at it for yourself. The next one, and this is one that's probably unfamiliar to a lot of people. It, it says, of his inheritance in us. Of his inheritance in us. Sometimes, you know, people stumble over that. I know I did for a long period of time. What does he mean? He's inherited me. He's inherited you. Yeah, he has. We're his inheritance. You know what that means? He wanted us so badly. He did everything he could to inherit us. He gave of his son. He gave of his life. We are his inheritance. That's why he joys over us with singing. When one person says yes to him, to Jesus, to salvation, he joys over us with singing. How would you rejoice if your long lost aunt left you a billion dollars? Would you go to the lawyer's office and read the will together and just say, oh, yes, by the way, you were left a billion dollars by your wonderful aunt who cared about you so much. Oh, thanks. Is that how you would react? 
No, he had his eyes on you. He had his eyes on me. He wanted us so badly, he did everything he possibly could, including moving heaven to the earth in order to save us so we could be his inheritance. Oh, what a revelation of a person's value and worth. Look at the next one, of his power. Increase in this knowledge of his power. But then also, number five, he prayed for love to abound in people's lives. Look at this verse in Philippians 1, verse 9. And this I pray. Notice this is his prayer. What are you praying, Paul? That your love may abound yet more and more in knowledge and in all judgment. He wanted everyone's love to abound. He's writing to this church at Philippi. You know how it began as they came out of jail. And you know he was in jail when he wrote this joyful letter that we're told it's one of his most joyful letters. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say rejoice while in prison. But his prayer for them that they would abound in love. What a challenge that is for all of us. To really see people the way he sees people. To have the kind of love that he has for the unlovely. People that are out there lost in the world, but yet he loves them so much. Cares about them so much. Would to God that we would have the same kind of eyes. Let's pray. Father, enable us to see with 2020 vision how we can see your love for all humanity. How we can see our brothers and sisters with the same kind of compassionate love that you have for each and every one of us. Open up our spiritual eyes. Father, enable us to rise up in this place of abounding love that we cannot do one another in love and that we can pass on the message of your great love to each and every one that we come into contact with, that we can point them to your goodness and your greatness that leads to repentance. Oh, Father, we just thank you tonight. We join together with the Apostle Paul and pray that our love for one another would abound yet more and more in all knowledge knowing that we can endure long. We are patient. We are kind. We're never envious. We never bowl over jealousy. We're not boastful or vainglorious. We don't display ourselves haughtily. We're not conceited, arrogant, inflated with pride, rude, unmannerly. We don't act unbecomingly. Your love in us does not allow us to insist on our own rights or ways. We're not self-seeking, touchy, fretful, resentful. We take no account of the evil done to us. We pay no attention to a suffered wrong. We don't rejoice in injustice or unrighteousness, but we rejoice when, rejoice when right and truth prevail. We bear up under anything and everything that comes. We're ever ready to believe the best about every person. I love that, don't you? We believe the best about every person. Our hopes are fadeless under every circumstance of life. We endure everything without weakening. We never fail, fade out, become obsolete, or come to an end because we are the love of God. We thank you for helping us, dear Father, have a better revelation and understanding of your great love that we can abound in this love one toward another. Let's give thanks to him for love abounding in our hearts, abounding in our lives, abounding in our families abounding with our children, that they become selfless and not selfish. Praise God. We thank you, Father God, for this wonderful love that you've deposited in all of our hearts and all of our lives. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. How we thank you, dear Father, for love to prevail in marital relationships. We thank you, dear Father, for love to prevail within uh, relationships within the body of believers. Just an overwhelming revelation of your great love. Number six, he prayed for peace in every circumstance. Look at 2 Thessalonians chapter 3. Now may the Lord of peace himself 
give you his peace at all times and in every situation or circumstance. The Lord be with you all. Can you imagine that? Why is he saying this? Because you know if you keep your mind set on him, you'll be at perfect peace. And when you're at perfect peace, praise God, you're not going to be daunted by the enemy. You're not going to be in fear, worry, anxiety. You're not going to be stressed out because you've got an adverse circumstance that you're going through or a situation. No, the God of peace is on the inside of us. So we've got a peace that the world didn't give and the world can't take away. And so we thank God that we can, as he said, in every situation, let peace prevail within our lives. So let's pray. So Father, we thank you so much for your peace that passes all understanding to keep our hearts and minds through Jesus Christ our Lord. And we pray not just for ourselves, but the entirety of the body of Christ here at Christian Assembly Church and believing, dear Father God, for each one to have a deep revelation of your peace, a peace that's already within their hearts and lives because Jesus Christ has given him in each and every one his peace. And so we thank you, dear Father God, that this peace is an active force in every life and you keep us in perfect peace when our minds are stayed upon you as we think upon things that are true honest lovely of good report any virtue any praise we think on these things and so father thank you for this peace not just here within this assembly of believers but throughout the entirety of the body of christ we pray dear father god that your people would have a revelation of this peace this wonderful wonderful tranquility that we have in you and as David said in the 23rd Psalm, praise God, you make us to lie down in green pastures, lead us beside still waters of rest and peace, because we know that you are our shepherd and we need not want. Let's thank him for that peace. Thank you for that peace in my life. Thank him for that peace in your life. It's in us. It's with us right now. We have it right now. And Father, we thank you how we praise you for your peace. Praise God for unity. Another thing he prayed for. Think about it. When's the last time you prayed for unity? Paul's praying here for the church at Rome. Look what he's, he says here in Romans chapter 15. May God who gives this patience and encouragement help you live in complete harmony with each other as is fitting for followers of Jesus Christ. Then all of you can join together with one voice giving praise and glory to God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Paul prayed also for the church at, at uh, Corinth, and he said to them, he prayed that they would be of one heart, one mind, and one accord. And all these points I'm making tonight, and I'm sharing with you, there's a bunch of other scriptures that say the same thing. I'm just giving you one in particular. But he prayed for the church to be unified, to be in unity and harmony. Why? Because he knew that together when they're in unity and harmony, it makes it easier for us to fulfill our dreams and reach our goals. He knows it creates a force that the enemy cannot penetrate whatsoever. He knows, you see, if you think about uh, when the people got together and they were one heart, one mind, one accord, and the glory of the Lord appeared among the people. So why do you think the enemy wants to bring division? Because where there's division, there's destruction. But let's pray as Paul prayed. Oh, Father, we thank you together tonight for unity among believers here at Christian Assembly Church, that we would be of one heart, one mind, one accord, focusing on what your desires are, Father, for this assembly of believers, as well as for all families that are connected here in love. Father, may that revelation become a reality in the lives of all the people. 
that we would encourage one another to speak the same thing, to mind the same thing, not to murmur, not to complain, but be those, dear Father God, that would be of like-mindedness to walk in this realm of unity and oneness of accord so that together we can join forces to, to establish, dear Father God, the work that you want done so that we can achieve success in carrying out the life mission that you've called us to as a church and also as individual families. May families be knit together in love in such a way, dear Father God, that no enemy can penetrate the power that's created as they are one with you. May there be a purity of thought, hallelujah, in every heart and every mind of every individual person, enabling each and every one to experience the power of unity in every life. Let's thank him together for unity among us in the body of Christ. Thank you, Father. Families just knit together in love. A oneness established and created. Hallelujah. A marvelous work, dear Father God. And we know that as a result, your glory will fall. And your glory will manifest among us in this place. For when they are of one heart and one accord, giving thanks and praise to you, the house was filled with a cloud. Even the glory of the Lord filled the house of God. The smoke of God was made manifest. Hallelujah. Glory to God. We know, dear Father God, that as a result of unity, all things are possible. And look at the next one. In Romans chapter 10, verse 1, Paul prayed this with an earnest desire from his heart. And I believe we should all. I do it daily. I believe we all should do it daily. Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Do you have that kind of heart desire for the nation of Israel? Let's pray. Father, we know your desire is a longing desire for the people that Jesus came to minister to as Messiah, to have the scales removed from their eyes, that they could clearly see that their Messiah has come. His blood was shed. The atonement was made. They can come into the family of God. We join together with the Apostle Paul as he cried out, even declaring that he would be accursed if Israel could be saved. And so, Father, we thank you for labors of love to be raised up to continue to infiltrate all of Israel with the life-changing truths of the gospel. Open up their hearts. Open up their minds. Create a national revival. Hallelujah. Send labors of love that will continue to proclaim Jesus with power, with love, with mercy and grace. Father, we once again echo those same sentiments. Our heart's desire is for Israel to be saved. May your peace rest upon Jerusalem as you bring your people back to their homeland and orchestrate last day events. Protect their borders from acts of evil and terror. Protect Isaiah 53 from being removed from the Torah so that the word can go forth with power to identify Jesus as their Messiah. And Father, we pray right now that you prepare the Temple Mount for the rebuilding of the third temple and the return of Jesus as we know is imminent. So let's thank him together for the salvation of all of Israel. Praise God, we thank you. Oh, how we thank you. 
We stand in the gap and make up the hedge and believe their Father God for a mighty working throughout the entire land of Israel. Thank you for bringing them to your saving grace. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Number nine is for us to abound in hope. In Romans chapter 15, 13, and this is from the New Living Translation of the Bible. I pray that God, that God, the source of all ho of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. You realize that without hope, faith has nothing to give substance to? Do you have the hope one day of having a glorified body? Oh, what a hope we all have. If you've got it, you don't have to hope for it. We don't have it yet. This body of your mind of yours one day, praise God, is going to be in a glorified state. And he is saying here, you can have an overflow of confident hope to the power of the Holy Spirit of Almighty God. You know, we should reek with hope in such a way that when we cross paths with other people, we should give an answer for the hope that's in us, Peter said. Didn't he say that? Man, what are you doing whistling in a time like this? What are you doing shouting in a time like this? What are you doing praising? You should have a sad countenance on your face. You realize the times that we're living in right now? Yeah, it's great. Praise God Almighty. You see, my joy doesn't come from without. My peace doesn't come from without. It's not based on eternal circumstances or, 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 or situations that I encounter in life. Oh, the blessed hope that I have, praise God, is in Jesus my Lord. And one day, do you see this flesh of mine? It may look like it looks right now, but one day it will shine as the stars of heaven, praise God, because on the inside of you, inside of me, there's a masterpiece. We are his workmanship, or masterpiece recreated in Christ Jesus, and as he is, so are we in this world. He that has his hope in him will, what did he say, purify himself even as he is pure. Oh, Father God, we pray tonight that each and every one of us in the body of Christ would have a revelation of the great blessed hope that we have in Christ Jesus, our Lord, to be transformed and glorified as on the Mount of Transfiguration, that we could shine as the stars of heaven, that we would also be as he is, so are we in this world. And so, Father, give this revelation to each and every one, not just here locally, but also globally throughout the entirety of the body of Christ. We just lift up the body of Christ before you. And we just thank you, dear Father God, that we can communicate this hope that we have in Jesus Christ, our Lord, in a powerful and productive way, touching hearts and changing lives everywhere we go. Let's thank him right now for the hope that we have. This blessed hope, this is not the end, praise God. Death does not have the final say, praise God. Hallelujah. Jesus abolished death. He brought life and immortality to life through the gospel. And we have a blessed hope of a glorious redemptive redemption, including our bodies. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Hallelujah. And here's the last prayer that we'll bring out tonight that he prayed. In Ephesians chapter 3, you kind of put it all together. For this cause I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man, that Christ would dwell in your heart by faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love would be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length and depth, the height, and know the love of Christ which passeth knowledge that you might be filled with half of the fullness. And is that right? That you might be filled with what? All of the what? Fullness of whom? Whoa. Can you imagine if that prayer ever got answered? 
I thank you, Father, for the revelation of the breadth and length and depth and height of your love that we all would be filled with all the fullness of God. Sometimes I think we're chasing the wrong thing. You know what? You don't need delivered. You need filled with his fullness. You don't need healed. You need filled with his fullness. You don't need provided for. You need filled with his fullness. Because when we get filled with his fullness, doesn't that kind of say it all? Thank you, Father, for filling us all with the fullness of God, with the fullness. In him we are complete. We want the fullness of this revelation to become a reality in and through our lives. That we are so overflowing, our cups run over with the fullness of your glorious power and might. With your love, your joy, your peace, your patience, your kindness, goodness, meekness, temperance, and faithfulness. Just overflowing us, exuding from our lives, dear Father God, in such a way that everywhere we go, even people that see us are brought under conviction because of your presence that flows through our lives. Oh, Father, not just for us. We pray it for the entirety of the body of Christ. May we all come to this place of this wonderful revelation that we can be filled and walk in the fullness of the God who lives on the inside of us. Thank you, Father, for giving us all this revelation. In the precious and holy name of Jesus, we thank you. Praise God, we thank you. Oh, let's thank him together. Tell him, thank you for filling me with your fullness, Father. Mm, those that hunger and thirst shall be filled. I hunger to walk in the fullness of who you are, not in who I am in the flesh. Oh, but my longing desire is to walk in the fullness of who you are in my life. Hallelujah. The fullness of your love, the fullness of your joy, a joy that's unspeakable and full of glory. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Peace that passes all understanding, patience that makes us perfect and entire, wanting nothing. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Is that your prayer tonight? Amen. Can we stand up together? And